Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 19 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm thrilled that my guest tonight is able to join us. I'm delighted to welcome Danny Marshall of the Western Bulldogs AFLW squad to the podcast. Welcome, Danny. Hey, Craig. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I've been, you know, I've, I've, I've been tickled pink since, uh, you know, I got, uh, the contact information about your dad and I got in touch with him and he passed along the information. This is, I think a great, uh, great opportunity to talk to, to someone who, uh, you know, is, is doing some wonderful things right now. And if you're listening in the United States, one thing that you should know is Danny is the first American woman to play in the AFLW. She is a pioneer, a trendsetter. Now I, I should let you know up front here that, you know, about, 60% of the people who are listening to the show are in Australia and about 35% are in the U S so I've got, and I've got a few other spots in Canada and Europe, but not a whole lot, but so you're going to, you're going to have a lot of Bulldogs fans who are probably going to be listening to this. Um, but this past year for you has, has got to have been just an absolute whirlwind. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> Have you have, have you you taken the time with the quarantine to kind of just catch your breath with everything that's gone on and just gone, what the heck was I doing a year ago? Yeah, I mean, a year ago at this point, I was getting ready to leave for Australia. So I was about a couple weeks away from getting ready to try out. <laughs> and now is, I'm, that... I've had a season and we're looking forward to the next one, hopefully. That is, that's, that's amazing. Have you, have you kind of, have you kind of uh, looked into that metaphorical mirror and thought to yourself, you know what? I've accomplished a heck of a lot in this last year. Um, yeah, I guess so. If we think about it that way, try out, get a contract, move your life to Australia, husband packs up the house, rents out the house, quits his job, moves to Australia, gets a new job. I think we've done quite a lot like all those things that they say are like stressful situations and everything done done a decent amount of those in a year <laughs> yeah it's, i changed it's, jobs he changed jobs moved countries uh, now would probably not be the the right time to say that my my grandparents lived on the street one street over from where i live now and the house i grew up in is about 10 blocks away <laughs> so wow i haven't, I haven't gone very far <laughs> Haven't you know gone what? very far. That might be yeah. where I ended up, but definitely not where I am now. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're playing Australian football at the highest level in in Australia right now. I'm 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 not going to get into the semantics that we were talking about earlier there because I don't want to get you into hot water or anything <laughs> like that. But uh, um, this is a uh, where did you get this desire to play this game? Where, where did this, you know, where did this come from? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always been into sports in general. So in college, I was just on ESPN looking for some sports to watch, soccer specifically. And then, you know, the little thumbnail on the side showing highlights of different, the different live sports was on. And um, there was a game that I'd never seen. And I was like, well, I guess I'll check that out. And it was... Uh, footy I think it was um I don't remember honestly who was playing but I just was like what 
in the heck is this game? And, you know, looked up the rules, started watching it, probably followed it for a season or two while it was on ESPN. And then, um, you know, it wasn't on ESPN anymore, kind of faded to the background a little bit, still playing college soccer. Um, but then, um, like, I don't know, probably seven or eight years later, my roommate that had watched it with me texted me and was like, hey, I got recruited to play on a footy team in Houston, Texas. There's one in Arizona you should play. So, um, you know, that's kind of where the playing started. Okay. But the desire to actually take it further probably didn't come till a bit later. So. Okay. Because some of the things, you know, I, I, I read several articles about you. I, I found uh... – kind of an essay that you wrote as well that I'm going to make a reference here in a little bit and some of the things that I had jotted down. Um, but y you were a gung ho athlete growing up. You know, I I've read in some of these articles that you were, you were kind of a little, uh, not necessarily distraught, but disappointed in the fact that it wasn't looked upon favorably for, for girls to play American football. Because you had talked about how you really like the, the contact of yeah of that sort yeah. of thing when you when yeah, you were going I'd always I'd always wanted to be like a free safety in in football and just hit people so you know <laughs> but he seemed like a pretty good uh, opportunity to do that <laughs> that's a well yeah yeah that's a that's a great point yeah I I'm there aren't very many at least that I've run into in 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 my lifetime that. Uh, you know, girl, you know, female athletes that would say that sort of thing, you know, but some, some would, I mean, I, I we had, you know, we had, we had a couple of girls at the school where I worked that, you know, could probably have contributed on our, on our boys football team for sure. So you, yeah, definitely you, not the you, majority, but um, there's a few of us out there, but it is yeah. one of the biggest barriers to recruiting in the States. You'd say tackle. And then all of a sudden they're like, ah, I don't know about that. So it's definitely not as common as I would like. So, so you're saying, yeah. So, back to, real quickly, back to your friend who ended up playing for Houston. Did the two of you ever end up competing against one another in a game? Uh, yeah, we did. We played against each other in um, 2018 nationals. Okay. She's with the Houston team, and I was combined with the Calgary team. So. And and uh, may I ask who won? Uh, we did, but uh, yeah, not by okay. much. So. Okay. And okay. She, I mean, we kind of tried to stay away from each other during the game, so it's, uh, we didn't interact a ton. But, I mean, right, I was right. rucking, and she was playing in the wing, so there wasn't really much of an opportunity anyways. But yeah. She's 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 a terror on the field. She's definitely one of the fastest players I've played sports with in my life, so okay. she can be pretty sneaky. You know, I uh... – I, you know, I, one of the things I read in, in the essay that you had written, um, that was called, what the heck is this sport? You know, you, you said that when you were in school, that you looked at gym class as being an opportunity for you to, to prove that you were a better athlete than the boys. And that most mm -hmm. cases, you, in most cases you usually were, um, and you, you yeah, had another, in, yeah. in general until, you know, you got to senior year of high school and they all finally grew. Um, yeah, yeah. I usually got to. You know, athletically, not always, but skill-wise, in general, I probably was. You had you had a quote, and I actually highlighted it on my notes that I made here, where you you said in there, you said you said this competitive nature had its downfalls, though. 
when one of my friends told me that she didn't want a room with me during a, a summer basketball camp because she was afraid that you would become too intense and then it wouldn't be fun and that you realize you thought that you had to adjust as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 H- how did you go about adjusting that level of intensity, you know, in terms of like when you were not on the field, but still maintain it or on the court in this case, and yet still maintain it there? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely something that was kind of a difficult transition. I'm just a, I'm a competitive person by nature. Um, I take, Mm -hmm. I'm a very serious person as well. So even when I'm not necessarily competing, I'm still serious, but I think I kind of just had to realize, you know, what was really more important to me in the end? Was it my relationship with my friend or was it winning? Um, and you know, my personal perspective on life is that people are really the most important thing. Um, and so when I looked at that and, and realized, you know, that my friendships are more important than winning in the long run, um, that kind of helped me adjust, be able to just, you know, switch on and switch off okay. um, with certain people okay. when I was going to be competitive and when I, you know, which people I could be competitive with, which people I couldn't be competitive with and what that looked like, you know, to yeah. show them that I, I cared about them and what they were interested in and not just, you know, winning at all costs. Um Obviously, there's a time and place, you know, when you step on the field to train and you step on the field for a game, you know, you're going to get serious. You're going to play, um, you know, especially, you know, in the AFLW, it's, yeah, everyone expects you to be there. But, you know, when you're playing high school basketball, you know, with your friends that maybe don't want a career in sports, um, you kind of have to look at it a little bit differently um, and that kind of thing. And just, again, that, you know, people are the most important things in life. You know, I won't be able to be an AFLW athlete forever. Um, right, but the right. relationships I have with those people, you know, they're going to last far longer than that. So, um, you know, kind of realizing that in the long, the long-term goal of, uh, you know, sports for me is almost, you know, obviously to, you know, look back with no regrets, but also to look back and, and see the friendships that I've made and, and the people that I'll, I'll know for the rest of my life, um, to be friends with and have those memories with, you know, that's just as important. So, yeah. And I, I hope you're, I hope you're still friends with this young lady. Is that? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I would be able to reach out to her on Facebook okay. and, and, have a chat and say, Hey, Terrific. you know, yeah. I, you know, it, it's, you know, we're definitely, we made it through the rest of high school basically is, is, is really good friends. So Thank I think, you. I mean, I definitely adjusted a bit for sure. Fantastic. Yeah. It, it reminded me, it reminded me of something that happened uh, when, when my, my son was younger, he was, I think he was nine years old and he'd played in like the little local baseball league where the dads are coaches and that sort of thing. And, and he, he came up to me at the end of the season and he said, he said, dad, he said, I don't want to play baseball with my friends anymore, which I had no, I had no idea what, what he was trying to say to me. And he said, I don't care what the snack is after the game. And it was, that was his way of saying, I want something more than just this, you know, come out here a couple days a week and, you know, kind of goof around and whatever happens, happens kind of thing. And, uh, you know, he played, you know, that next year we found a, you know, a travel team and he played, he played travel baseball for the next eight or nine years. He's, you know, he's still, still, he's still great friends with, uh, with these kids that he had played ball with previously, but, you know, they, they went their separate ways and some went and played travel ball at a later date, but it was a, uh, it was a great, uh, you know, it was just a, a, something that 
reminded me, you know, your, your comment about the intensity. Cause that was, that was the way that a nine-year-old dealt with it. Um, yeah, it just, it really just remind yeah, it just really resonated with me and made me think about that. Um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely hard when your friends don't take it as seriously. I think like in college, you know, again, I could still talk to some of my teammates, but for the most part, my friends were outside of soccer and in soccer, I respected my teammates. I worked hard for my teammates. Um, you know, but that was kind of the relationship is it was a focused, dedicated, you know, pushing each other relationship. And then we kind of all went our separate ways outside of soccer because, you know, we wanted maybe some, some friends that you could kind of more relax with than be competitive with all the time. But but sometimes they don't always, they don't always mix, but, um, it's fun. It's funny. You need to realize that. It's funny you mentioned that because I reached out to your your soccer coach at uh, at the Colorado School of Mines where you went to school, and uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to get a response because everything is shut down. I didn't know if he'd be checking his school email, and I felt very fortunate that I did. And he uh, he wrote he wrote back and he he said you know because I'm always looking for like some fun anecdotes and that type of thing. Just you know, I had a, a young man who played at the with the LA Dragons for a year or a year or two. And I think he was actually in Arizona for a year at one time, but then he went to Australia to go work there for a year and to play on a on a, a local team there. Well I reached out to the local yeah. team and said, have you got any kind of fun anecdotes about his time there? And they they put together like a dozen real fun things. Not, 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 not embarrassing. Cause I wasn't trying to put, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to find zingers or to make people that feel uncomfortable at all. You know, when I'm talking, that's not the purpose of what I'm doing here. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I kind of, I found that that's a kind of a good way to go, but your coach said that, that you were a very mature young woman when you played for him, that, that you were probably one of the best players that he's ever had at just going out on the field, giving it her all and then leaving and not letting things affect you too much one way or the other. He said, sure, she liked winning a lot more than losing, but I think at her core, she understood and still does that it's actually is more important how you play the game rather than the result. And he, and he said in this, I thought this was the, the, the biggest compliment part here. He said, I truly wish I could be better about that to be more like you in that respect. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. I thought that was very cool. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's a he's a good guy and he definitely he that win loss column does does definitely affect him a bit for sure, but I don't know. I think for me that's, you know, a really big compliment from him, obviously, and then um but for me it kind of stems back to just like the core of how I live my life and and right. what I believe in my right. faith. Um, and, and that just stems from, I guess, my relationship with church and God and knowing that, you know, sports are an amazing gift that I've been blessed to be able to play at a high level. But I also know that, you know, I was created for more than just, you know, playing sports. And like I said, the the people that you meet and the relationships that you have and playing the game well, um, you know, to honor and respect your teammates Mm -hmm. is, you know, the biggest part of you know, why I play the game. That's, that, that, that's fantastic. That's, that is, that's impressive. And I, and I think that, uh, I think, you know, when your when your coach hears that, he's going to think, 
Yeah, that's that's the young lady that played for me. That I, he's going to say I'm spot on with the comment that I made. You know, so you yep. so you you finished up school in Colorado, and I'm assuming mm-hmm. you then found you then found a job in Phoenix. Or- uh, I finished up school, and I actually found a job down in Pueblo, Colorado, which was about two hours away from where school okay. was. Um, mm-hmm. I was dating my future husband at the time, um, so I didn't want to move out of state, so would drive up just back up to the school every weekend, and then um, we moved to Arizona after we got married, and he got a job in Arizona. Okay, okay. All right. So you you started if I if I read everything correctly you started playing with the Hawks in 2018. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I did. So it, and this was a, this was a new game to you. You were a phenomenal soccer yeah. player. You were a great soccer yeah. player. <laughs> I'm going by what your coach told me. I I've not seen any video, but I've you know I did I did rewatch the uh, the the Eagles game this morning. Um. That, that you played. I rewatched that one this morning. Uh, but at what point when you're, you started playing with, with the Hawks, did you get to the point where you kind of felt comfortable with playing this new game? How long did that take? Um, well, my, yeah. So my first time with the Hawks, we just played like an AFLX kind of style thing. It was like seven. Right. Okay. Um, and I just kind of hung in the back. I had no idea what was going on. If I got the ball, I'd just kick it as far as I could um, <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, just, you know, get it out of the back and clear it. Um, so that tournament was just kind of finding my ground. I think we just played two games, just kind of finding my what the heck is going on. And then uh, we traveled down to L.A. for a game. And I think, you know, just that game and then the next game, I really started to feel like, okay, like, this is close enough to a mix of the different sports I've played that I kind of kind of found my my feet a little bit. Okay. So probably about halfway through the 2018 yeah. season, and then really found my form probably at Western Regionals in um, Sacramento. Okay. So, how did you end up end up on the AFLW's radar then? How how did they you know because there are lots of players playing the game here in the states as amateurs mm-hmm. how, how did they how did they figure out hey this uh this this uh danny marshall is somebody we should take a look at <laughs> yeah uh super super random so about a month after western regionals i was playing another game in la because they're the closest ones to us um and we combined with the denver bulldog women so the bulldogs were coming out they didn't have enough so we came out to join with them um, so one of their players, Sarah Rohner, who now is with the Centennial Tigers, um, she had really been wanting to go over to Australia for a while. And her, one of their like kind of coach leaders of the club, James Waddell, he's from Australia. So she'd been kind of talking to him a bit. And then randomly, super randomly, one of James Waddell's friends from Australia, Cameron Richardson, happened to be in LA that weekend and happened to come hang out and happened to watch the game. So when they all got talking about Sarah wanting to come out to Australia, he was like, yeah, like, I think you, you know, have a shot, but you know, that kind of tall girl that was running around on your team, like maybe you should get her to come too. 
like if we're going to try this. Okay. Um, so I didn't know anything about these conversations until um, maybe about a month later when, like, I didn't really know Sarah. I just had played with her that one time. And about a month later, she gets in touch with me on Facebook and says, hey, like, would you ever think about playing in Australia? And I was like, um, I wasn't even honestly sure exactly what the AFLW was. Like, I wasn't. But I was like, well, sure. I mean, I love to compete. Like, sure, we'll talk about it. And she's like, okay, well, there's this guy named Cameron Richardson I want you to get in touch with. Um, you know, and he kind of has an idea, kind of plan of how he thinks we could do this. And I was like, okay, sure. So Cam and I start talking. Um, he used to work for the Bulldogs back in the early 90s. Um, he's been a Bulldog supporter his whole life. He still knows people at the club. So he was like, okay, girls, like, no problem. If you guys fly out here, like, I can get you, you know, a, a, at least a few practices, you know, with the VFL team. Okay. Um, so we started talking in, I think, September of 2018, kind of talk through, you know, the winter, kind of watch the season, see how it progresses. Um, we were kind of waiting on a few things, and then we ended up buying tickets for, for May to come out and play in May. So yeah, he kind of he kind of lined up the uh, stuff. So we had sent film to the coaches, and he'd been getting it out to all the VFL teams and stuff, um, not just the Bulldogs, to see if we could get some trials. Uh, yeah, but Cam's probably the one that you know he loves women's sports. He's a he's a women's cricket manager, so he just loves um, women's sport in general and loves footy. So he was just wrapped to be kind of a part of the journey, okay. and he was super excited to. To get that all rolling, okay. but that's kind of how it came to be. So, do you do you understand cricket now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, I I've had I had visited Bangladesh before, um, and Bangladesh is very into cricket. Um, and the World Cup was on while I was there, so learned a decent amount about cricket there. But yeah, living, I ended up actually staying with Cam. Cam had a, a guest room, and I stayed in that. But I mean, you can't get away from cricket if you're in cam's house so okay i yeah. definitely know more about cricket than uh most people probably <laughs> so, so you you go you go to australia for a tryout and first, first of all at this point in time how long have you been married if i may ask uh four almost five years at okay this point. okay so do you you're Husband, how does he react to that? And I, I've actually seen the interviews with him, so I I know how. I, yeah, so you kind of know. I kind of have mean, an idea. Honestly, like he he's the best husband. Like I could, I mean, obviously that's why I married him because I think he's the best. But um, yeah, he's always been just super supportive of me and my you know athletic um dreams. I guess like he knows he knows how competitive I am and how much um you know, my soccer career meant to me. And if he, you know, if he could give me anything, he'd, he'd give me anything I wanted. And to let me, you know, go have that trial and be supportive of me. I mean, like he was, you know, pretty much all in. He's like, there's, you know, I wouldn't do anything to stand in the way of, you know, your dreams if this is, if this is a possibility. So, um, yeah, he was, you know, pretty supportive all the way and always, always loved to see me play. Like he, he's the best fan and that's everyone always comments they're like when they're sitting with him they're like oh he's just so into it loves watching you play is super excited so you know it's it's a blessing to have someone that's that supportive of you and and your dreams that's terrific and and 
some someday down the road, though, 10, 15, 20 years from now, he's going to say, you see that pool table right there? I'd really like to put that in our, our basement and turn it into a rec room. What do you think? And you'll think for a minute, well, you say, remember that time that you went to? <laughs> <laughs> no, see, that's the thing is Ryan and I are like so similar. Okay. It's pretty funny because everyone always jokes like, like for me, together time can be him playing Minecraft on his Xbox and me playing Minecraft on my computer. Whereas most wives would probably be mad that their husband's playing Minecraft for six hours. I'm like, oh, no, if you play Minecraft for six hours, I can play Minecraft for six hours. It's just fine with me. Um, But, yeah, I mean, pool, the pool table in the in the basement would probably be my idea before it would be his idea. Well, there you go. And I'm the one that asked for the Xbox for our wedding. So there you go. Well, well, that's I actually was going to ask, you know, a little bit later on in the interview, and I'll get to it now that as far as, you know, you know, um, how you're, how you're biding your time, um, and you're, you're playing, you know, you've got the Xbox and you're playing. What, may I ask, what, what is the go to game besides, besides Minecraft, which I, uh, yeah, on the Xbox, uh, we do a little bit of Rocket League and a little bit of Overcooked. Um, Rocket League's like a soccer with RC cars and okay. then Overcooked is like a, like an award winning multiplayer game where you have to like, make orders for people in your restaurant but there's different okay um obstacles like the kitchen moves around and you have to like huh. still cook everything and um so it's pretty fun I've and then i'm League actually before, more of I've like seen... a pc gamer yeah. i guess so i still play league of legends okay so uh no yeah. no afl so, yeah but I, ryan's usually on his xbox and then i'm usually on the on the pc okay so, so you haven't you haven't uh Made the, yeah. made the jump yet to the AFL Evolution 2? Uh, I'm terrible with controllers. Okay. So, no, okay. I have not started yeah. playing that. But I, I've a lot of my teammates or some of my teammates have it, so I get a lot of Instagram chats about them Yeah, um, it, doing it. And Moody likes to uh, do some um, – she likes to edit videos, so she likes to take like pictures of us in real life and paste them over the players, the characters' heads, and make videos of us. So and it's I, pretty, I've watched pretty entertaining. Yeah, I've watched a couple of videos on on YouTube about it. I, I, I have my son's old Xbox 360 sitting here. It it uh, it gave me the little red the red circle of, of death. Oh, the red ring of death. Yeah, back about uh, yep. about November. Um, so I keep telling him, I said, you know, I know there's a new Xbox coming out in, in, no, you know, November of this year. So you're going to upgrade, right? You're going to upgrade. He said, well, I, 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 cause I'm, I'm hoping he'll give me his old Xbox one. Cause I'd like, to, I'd like to get the, the AFL game. I'd like to try that out for myself. I mean, I, I grew up in arcades when I was, when I was in high school, I, pl- I, pl- there was an arcade a few blocks from my house. I was there all the time. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who's, you know, Video games are not necessarily new to me, um, but you know, you you get to yeah, you get to yeah, it is a, it's a, original yeah, the original video games yeah. I mean, I don't uh, I I play the uh, I'm not any good. I'm, I've never played online with anybody because I'm terrible. Um, but you know, like his Call of Duty games and uh, there was a zombie game that I would play, and there's a I guess it's a collector's item game, which was the last college football game that that EA sports did back in 2014. Oh yeah. He said, he said, mm-hmm. he said before they had to not make it anymore. Yeah. He said, don't do, you know, don't ever do anything with this game. 
protect this one because he said it's worth some big yes yeah. yeah so yeah you know you, you head to you head to uh to australia and how, how did the tryouts actually go evidently they went very well because you and i are talking right now yeah <laughs> apparently <laughs> so what, what you know you as you said you you your first contest was kind of like on an aflx type field but did you ever end up finding yourself in a uh on a field, you know, did you end up playing on something that was oval-sized here in the States before you left? Uh, I mean, Nationals of 2018 was about as close as it got. Okay. We played 18s, but I think the ovals were probably slightly smaller than okay. than regulation. So Okay. So, but similar. So when you got when you got out to, to, to start practicing, you walked out on a, in a regulation-sized oval. Were you looking at it like, oh, my goodness, this is, this is massive? really i mean soccer fields full-size soccer fields aren't that much smaller yeah. and if you do the math because i do the math it's like they also have seven more people to fill the extra space so it's similar to the ground you have to cover okay. as a midfielder okay. in soccer so i wasn't too intimidated okay yeah because i i just loved that they had an oval like my favorite part of going to melbourne was flying in and looking out the window and seeing all the ovals everywhere. I was like, there's an oval, there's an oval, there's an oval, there's an oval. Oh my goodness, there's ovals everywhere. This is amazing. I'm so excited. Now, were you... I don't have to explain to every other person what Australian rules football is. Yeah, I mean, I I, you know, I have the, the Watch AFL app. Um, I've had that for the last four years. And I actually I actually finally figured out this year that it's actually cheaper to become a an international member of the Cats and get the scarf and the... And that sort of thing. It's actually cheaper to do that. Plus, you get the the access to the Watch AFL app. It was twenty five dollars cheaper to get stuff oh, from cool. the team. You know, so if you became a team member, oh bummer! That just is the worst discovery of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I've you know, so I'll be I'll be a member you know until until I'm not following footy, which I don't plan on that being anytime soon at all. Uh, anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you made this decision to go to to Australia, you know your husband might be the most supportive husband in America or now in Australia. But mm. were were your parent were your parents a little skeptical about this? Were they did they kind of give you a little look like, really, you're going to do what? Or were or were they or were they gung um, or they gung ho? Really. I mean, I don't know if like gung ho is the right word, okay. but I mean, we've been, you know, a 12 hour drive apart for four years now and, and they've always known that I was pretty independent and they love watching me play sports as well. So as much as obviously they'd love to have me in the same country, they also, um, yeah, they're also just really supportive and, and have always, you know, been the parents that, that tell you to fall, you know, you know, you can do anything you want to, um, you know, you might as well have have a try if you think this is something that you can do and, you know, just make sure it's the right thing for the timing of, you know, your marriage and your family and, and what that kind of looks like. And, right, right. Um, you know, they were planning on coming out to visit before the whole COVID thing. So, you know, the excuse to visit Australia isn't the worst one ever. So, no, you know. so someday I hope to someday I hope to make it make it a trek there. I've, you know, I uh, actually that first that time that I was in the Navy, my, uh, my first cruise, we were supposed to make three stops in Australia. We were supposed to go to, to Hobart and to Perth and to Sydney. 
and the the war between Iran and Iraq broke out, so we didn't get to any of those places. So mm, yeah, yeah. And it was it would have been in the it would have been in the summertime anyway, so it would you know it would have been cricket season anyway, so I wouldn't have seen you know. And that that was 1983, so I didn't really know much about footy it was espn was carrying it at that point in time because that's really pretty much all they had on on their program at the time so when you when you get yeah. when you get to you know to the the club and the, and the you know the club makes a decision to sign you and you you start you know you, you're at the point now where you're getting ready to start up the vflw season last year because that that runs during the mm. that ran if i'm not mistaken like from what would, be, what would be our summer here in the states, kind of into the fall, right? If I remember, okay. Yeah. So, what, what yeah. was that like to actually step into a game there? And, and were you able to were you able to uh, to compete at that level quickly, or or is it something where you where the the game was faster than you thought it was going to be? Um. I mean, the first couple of trainings were definitely like pretty intense. Sarah and I talked about it afterwards, and I was like, I don't know why they would want to take either of us when they have plenty of Australians here that are already just fine um, at playing footy. But um, I think, you know, the first game I scored two goals, so I I guess I adapted just fine. Um, I. You know, I think just with the high-level soccer background, playing midfield in that kind of an environment, um, it's a it's a different it's like it's a a different game. But I don't know if like it's any faster than the soccer. Definitely faster than than the footy in the states, but not necessarily faster than the level of soccer that I'd play. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that just like my experience in other high-level sports was was very useful because I knew kind of what to expect, I guess, okay. a little bit more than maybe okay. I I would have otherwise without the soccer and rugby and ultimate Frisbee backgrounds. Um, and yeah, just, you know, and again, the competitive nature, you got the adrenaline going. You're like, look, I have three games to make my mark. And right, right. You just do what you got to do. So, so had those games, had the VFLW games not gone well and, and, and they went well because you're, you you were you know in the uh, in the lineup the first the first game in the AFLW season, but was was there a, a possibility where they were not going to keep you around? Then I'm not sure exactly how that works. Would this have been was this kind of like on a trial basis at that point in time? Yeah, it was basically just like we decided to to take a take a risk, take a chance, and see if we could you know get get some interest, get okay. some get some trials with some teams and kind of just leave it there. See if they wanted us to come back later, see if they wanted us to come back in October for like the combine or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I mean, again, kind of with my outlook and life in general is, you know, this is, this is something I want to do. It's a, tr it's a, it's a chance I want to take, but again, you know, there's, there's more to life than sports. And if, if God hadn't wanted me, you know, to be here to be playing, footy here then maybe he would have closed closed that door um but and i i would have been okay either way i even told ryan that i'm like even if ryan had said no you know we have a good job here we have a house here you know it's really not worth it to make the trip we wanted to start a family um 
you know, I would, I would have been okay with right, that right. just because, you know, that's all important stuff too. You know, it, it was kind of one of those things that, you know, best case scenario, I make a team. Worst case scenario, I got to play VFL footy for three games. I got to meet a lot of new people. I got to see Australia, you know, and then come home to, you know, the life I love in Arizona. So and, it's kind of a win-win situation for me. Um, yeah. Way. So yeah, that's, that's a great way of looking at it. So, you know, you're, you, once you find out that, yes, you are somebody they're going to keep around, um, how soon did you start interacting with the, uh, the other players on the team? And, and did they, did they welcome you with open arms? Because, you know, you're, you're a, you're an out, you know, you're an outsider. And I don't mean like, you know, like from another planet, but, you know, yeah. you're, you're the first person from this country to go do yeah. this. Were they, were they, re yeah. Um, yeah, they honestly were, were fantastic. Um, I mean, the AFL girls train with the VFL girls anyways. Okay. Um, and the VFL girls had all been super welcoming and, and the AFL girls were too. And obviously it's kind of a novel thing, kind of fun. Um, but I definitely was lucky because I've heard stories from some other Americans that maybe didn't get quite the reception that I did. So um, for the girls from the Bulldogs to just be so welcoming was I wasn't sure if that was going to be the case again because of the some of the other Americans experiences here. But no, they were they were honestly really great. Um, and then as soon as I got my contract signed, I actually signed it while I was in the U.S. and then went back for the end of the season. And yeah, when once I went back, it was just like. Like, hey, like, let's grab a coffee. Let's get to know each other. Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right, right. A girl took me out for my birthday. Um, you know, so they were they were definitely amazing from the get go. So in many ways, it was like that that freshman year in the dorms at college where you're meeting all new people and you got a whole new crop of friends. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It, which is super fun. Like, I love it. I love meeting new people and getting to know them and talking to them. So um, it was awesome just to have, you know, and the and, and the knowledge that now I'm coming back and it's a, it's going to be a permanent relationship. You know, it's not like the first time when it's like, am I going to stay? Am I not going to stay? Like, you know, I'm I'm back and they know that I'm going to be their teammate. So it makes it a lot easier to, you know, spend your time and energy on someone that, you know, is going to be around for a while. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, it's good, but I mean, I think obviously I don't think I would have been as well received if I hadn't shown that I was a capable player, um, kind of thing, you know, not just the novel American, but also someone that, you know, is dedicated to the sport and the team and, um, is someone that they're going to want around. So, well, you know, and, and in your first, your first AFLW game, you know, a few minutes into the game, you've got that, uh, um, that pass inside from, I think her last name is Burnside, if I'm not mistaken. Is it Ellie Burnside? Blackburn. Blackburn. I'm sorry. Blackburn. Sorry about that, ma'am. Um, you know, to where it came inside and it didn't, it didn't even look like, I, I don't think you kicked that off the ground. You kicked that in the air. Did you not? Because I, uh, I gathered. Okay. And okay. I, I, I couldn't see it from there. Then. Yeah. Okay. The, one of the, that off like a bounce basically yeah. and then one of the angles like I think the channel seven one got it where it looked like it was still bouncing her in the air and then the fox one briefly showed me gathering. Okay. Um I was actually probably more proud of the gather than the mm -hmm. kick 
just because I hate picking it all up off the ground. It's terrifying. Um, yeah, cause it, so I was probably more proud that I actually picked up the ball cleanly than than the kick. So. Yeah, there's there's somebody getting ready to there <laughs> there's somebody else that wanted to be, be a free safety, even though they didn't know what it is. That's ready to wrap you up and put you on the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, and it was yeah. yeah. So that that had to be just a a great feeling. I mean, that you know, not necessarily validating, but that was just almost cathartic like okay i've got that i've got that out of my system i'm here i belong and i'm you know let's go ahead and uh let's go ahead and do this so that you know and yeah definitely that was i mean that was a and actually i uh and you know what i i'm gonna kick myself here because i had uh i had ellie's name written down here correctly on my on my notes because uh, a few days ago um, there's a website I ran across called the women's game.com that actually ranked that play as one of their top 10 plays of the AFLW season. Ellie's, you know, entering, yeah, Ellie's entry into, I'll put a link, I'll put a link to the, the site on the show notes for this when it comes out. Um, but yeah, she, they had your, they had your first goal as one of the top 10 plays of the season. Uh, and it was, it was it was it it was great to see. I mean, Ellie makes it look good. She's you know she's doing a little bit of selling candy and running around oh. everyone, and I think hers is probably the cooler part. But I still had well, to I mean that it, I that guess. move she put. I don't know who she was. She put a move on, but that person I think is still standing in that spot. Uh, and if you're listening, I apologize. Yeah, they they bit <laughs> yeah, hard. They did. They bit hard. They did. Um, <laughs> but you know you know now that the season has ended and it, and it ended before it should have. Because you still had what one more round to play, at least two more rounds. Okay, sorry about yeah, that. Two more rounds. But now that it is over, what what's the the most important thing that you learned about footy this year after your first year playing? Oh man, there I learned so many things this season. Um, it doesn't have to be one then. I mean, this year for me, there was definitely a lot of flexibility. I got thrown in a lot of positions that I didn't necessarily think I was going to be playing in um, going into it just with injuries and stuff. So I think that's one thing I learned is just like with injuries, you know, the game is just so unpredictable um, what the team's going to need, what's going to happen. Um, so just, you know, being willing to um, be ready to do, you know, whatever is needed, you know, you might think you're going to play full forward and then you end up playing, you know, outside halfback or something uh-huh. like that. Um or ruck like I did. So it was, I've, it was I've definitely seen you do that, a, yeah. an eye-opening thing um, to see like how, how big of a deal, especially in the women's game, the injuries are um, and how that can affect a team and, and what that looks like and, um, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and just the differences in, in what, you know, different, positions and the structures and what that looks like. So just playing a more structured game, I think I learned a lot about about how to how to be a better teammate in um in 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 within a structure. So I think about yeah. footy. I think well, that's kind of what I pulled out of the did season. The, uh, and and what do you learn about yourself after this? Um 
I get. I mean, I learned that you know people see me as that competitive, driven person. That's kind of what I got told is like, hey, we're throwing you in this position because we think you'll compete and we think that you'll give it your all, you know, no matter what, whether it's the position you want to be in or not. So I mean, that's kind of nice to know that other people also kind of value that about you. You know, when you have some people that don't like when you're so competitive, it's nice to be in a spot where they're like, you know, that's that's what we really like about you is that you know you're going to compete no matter what we ask you to do. Um, and, and I think also, I think this year I was a little bit timid in, you know, maybe correcting people or coaching people just cause you know, I'm new to the sport. I'm new to Australia. Like, what do I really know about what we should be doing? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, but realizing like, <laughs> it's kind of weird to say, but just learning that like I am one of the older players, whether or not I'm, you know, the most knowledgeable about footy is one thing, but knowing that I understand what it takes to compete at this level and to be able to hold other people to that standard, not only just in the example that I set, but also maybe in conversations that I need to have, you know, with teammates. I think that's something that I have that I can bring to the table just from, you know, my experiences as a high level soccer player or, on other teams, um, that that's something that I, I can bring, um, to a team and hopefully we'll, we'll bring a little bit more of yeah, next season. Yeah. And I, um, you know, somebody who I, I follow and I, I'm, I'm not a, a, a pie supporter, but it, it's, it's just natural that I would follow what Mason Cox does. Have you, have you, of course. have you, uh, had any opportunities to have any conversations with him since you've been there to, is he reached out to you and said, "Hey, here's you know, here's what you can expect being the the first American here." Um, we've chatted a bit on Insta. Like he reached out to okay. me before my first game, and you know, okay. said good luck and all that kind of stuff. So that was that was good. Um, we've actually probably talked more in the U.S. than we talked there. I've seen him at you know the nationals right, right. Um, that we've both been at as he comes to you know walk you know watch his brothers run water, all that kind of stuff. So um, a little bit more maybe in the U S than here where I, you know, I'm kind of a, I prefer to like fly under the uh -huh. radar. So I'm sure I could have reached out a little bit well, more and, and whatever, but I'm, I'm fairly happy letting him take the, well, <laughs> take and, the reins. And he has and, done that because he, pushed. he has, you know, first of all, since in the few years that I've been watching, he has developed an Australian accent. Um, yeah. Yep. He's got like a, a lovely yes, mixture Texas, of Texas and Australia and, yeah. and American. And he, so. he, he became yeah. a, you know, he, he trended tremendously here in the U S this past, actually it might've been earlier this week because, uh, you know, you, with all the, all the sports shut down and you had, you know, you had round one of the AFL season and, you know, ESPN used to yeah. carry a single game and then FS Fox Sport one and two would carry a game here and there. Well, they started carrying three and four of the women's games and I was putting them on, I was putting all the schedules onto Facebook and Twitter saying, Hey, you know, if you're here in the States, you know, this, this is the game I keep talking about. Here's a chance to watch it. Well, you know, major league baseball had shut down the NCAA, the, 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 the NBA had shut down as well. And there were a handful of, AFL games on and there's a guy who has a podcast who used to be the be the punter for the Indianapolis Colts 
and he watched this game. He'd never heard of of Australian rules football before, and he just was engrossed by it. And just, you know, for the next several days, his podcast was about footy and just why did I not know about this game? And he actually had an interview with Mason Cox uh, about three or four days ago to, you know, kind of just get the, hey, America, here's here's kind of the basic rules of the game. And and he now is referring to him as Coxzilla because um, yeah, he's, you know, six foot ten, that sort of thing. So, yeah, Mason Cox is Mason Cox yeah. is now a. And he had a pretty good first game yeah. this year yeah. too, so that's helpful. Like his game number one, he did he yep. did really well, so it's good. And, and I and he he made a comment, and I'd heard it before, but it was a rather funny one, where he said when he first started playing, you know, it would you know with the guys in the in the the guys out on the field were trash talking him, and oh you're terrible and you you stink and that sort of thing. And he said he said he got to the point where he just looked at him and he said, you know what, I've been playing this game for a couple of years. You've been playing it your entire life. He said that shut him. He said that shut him up pretty quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now I don't. And this yeah. is this is kind of an obscure thing that I ran across as well today. But uh, um, you know, and the AFL is uh, is in Ireland as well. They have an AFL Ireland, and they actually named their uh, AFL Ireland named their AFLW Player of the Year, and they uh, they actually named uh, Sarah Rowe from the Pies. Uh, I don't know how the voting worked, but she beat out your teammate, uh, Ashley McCarthy, by three votes, 370 to 367. So Ashley Ugh. almost won this, and there was like a 200. Well, they didn't well, ask me to vote, so I think if they yeah, added my name, I, don't, I think I don't, uh, I think I don't know. Probably yeah, I don't know how the voting so. went, but they had the top five people listed there, and it was 370 to, two, to 367. So I, you know, I think with that being the case. I'm going to go ahead and take it upon myself right now, and I'm going to congratulate you, Danny Marshall, for being named unofficially the U.S. AFL American Player of the Year in the AFLW. Congratulations! Oh, well, you, thank you. you. I'm, I'm, I really appreciate it. It's like when I, and it's like when my grandfather tells me that I'm know. his favorite granddaughter. And I'm, so, I'm assuming you're the only you know, you're the, being yep. the only one. I suppose yep. my I, my mom does that with my son. I get lucky yep, on my that. My mom does that with my son. Yep. She, <laughs> he's her favorite grandson. He's the only one. Yep. No. So, yeah, those, the only one. You know, you're the best exactly, and the worst. Exactly. So there you go. I get first exactly. on the list and last yeah. on the list. Now, the the last thing I wanted to get into to to to, to this and I and I'll 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 ask and we can always edit it out here if need be. With the shutdown of the league right now, there have been some people who have been tossing out ideas. And these are, these are people who are, you know, who have been footy fans for a long time, who are what you would call purists of the game and such that, 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 that look at the AFLW as something that is, you know, that shouldn't exist. And there are some people who are saying, you know, that, that, that the, that the AFL should stop supporting it and should, you know, just, you know, not have it be around anymore, mm -hmm. which I think, which I think is completely wrong. Um, but, you know, there have been some, you know, there there's, seems like those voices are very much in the minority. And I, I ran across an article from last week, and I don't know if you know this gentleman, but uh, I watch him every week during the season. Uh, uh, he, he won the Brownlow in, I think, 1988, a guy by the name of uh, Gerard Healy. I don't know if you've seen him or not before. Great commentator. And he said he said mm -hmm. uh, he said that the AFL should be fighting really hard to keep the AFLW alive 
or risk making one of the greatest mistakes of the competition. And your coach, uh, Nathan Burke, was quoted in the same coach, and he and it says here that he issued a warning against undercutting the women's competition, and he said that he said that they've been they've been at it for a point to this point now that there would be an uproar if they didn't do if they did anything to jeopardize it. And he said, what a lot of people don't know is that that what this has done is it's brought a lot to local football because, you know, seeing the the female players out on the field are are you know, inspiring young girls in Australia to 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 play this game. And, they you know, because they've they've only seen guys playing. And it's, you know, and it, this is kind of me editorializing there, but he, you know, he, he finished up. He said, for me, it's a marketing campaign to increase the strength and the eyeballs on the game that has been an outstanding success. It's, it's more to, it's more than just a competition for women to play in the AFL. So some, some big names who are coming out saying that, you know, that, that it's important to keep this, this league going. You know, it's, uh, it's because you know I, I I know you don't want to see it to go go away. I don't want to see it go away, and and I know that every every little girl in Australia doesn't want to see this go away. And it's you know and I and I, and I know this has turned into yeah. a real downer here, and that's not what I really meant to do. Um, but I, I ran across a photo back when the uh, AFLW season was getting ready to start, and it was a couple little girls who their parents or their, I'm not sure which parent it was, but their parents were, were Tigers fans and they had just received their, like their junior membership cards for the AFLW for their team. And the looks of just excitement and jubilation on their faces was, it's the, it's the kind of thing that, that the AFLW should, you know, if they do like a montage of the kids faces of, excitement and why this is important this this was a picture that should be on there and it was just you know it's a uh i don't i don't know but it's 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 something that really needs to uh you know to be looked after and and kept going because it's i think it's that important yeah absolutely i mean obviously i play in it i don't want to see it go away i love competing i think there's a lot of women um that were just you know, that have been fighting for this for a long time that, that didn't get their chance to play. And now there's those of us that are playing, but I mean, I agree, you know, with my coach, he's got a long-term view of this and I'm kind of of the same mindset. Like, yes, it's amazing. We're giving women the opportunity to play sport, but um, for the AFL as a, as a broader business, if right, you're thinking right. about it like that, cause that's really what it is. You know, it's, it's something that's out there to make money and um, you know, jobs and all that kind of stuff but as far as what it's done just for the AFL and will continue to do for the AFL is you basically just doubled your income base like now instead of just the men watching the footy you've got the women watching the footy you've got advertisers that you know maybe wouldn't have paid for advertisements before because no women are watching but now that they'll you know now they'll sponsor because they know that there's going to be women that are you know, into the game, there's going to be women yeah. attending games, there's going to be women watching the games on TV, you know, and, and especially like Sydney, I think, I mean, it's not a huge footy, you know, city, but because now that women can play, Sydney's actually been one of the fastest growing places oh, for women's okay. football. And so now not only has the AFL started to reach just more women in Victoria, but they've since developing leagues in Sydney, now Sydney's becoming more of a footy hub because now there's women playing there. So it's really for them, 
in the long run to keep to shut down that competition and to now, you know, maybe shut the door to these women that have started playing in the past five years, you know, hundreds of thousands of them, it really shuts down a line of, you know, camps and revenue and, and things for them that they, you know, they didn't have when half the population yeah, was I, excluded I from agree the conversation. Um, so I think for them in the long run, they're going to need, you know, it's, it's a, a good, it's a good business idea, you know, that will far outweigh in time. And I think, you know, it's up to them whether they want to, you know, put it on hold or, or if they, I just think the momentum lost from this would, would be a real bummer for them because it's yeah, been yeah. going so well. So, um, you know, obviously not just for me playing, but for, you know, one of Ryan's things that he loves about me playing is he's like, one day I get to, you know, we get to tell our kids that, you know, you were the first one to do this, the first American to play in this sport that, you know, hopefully will be well, more well known by then. And they'll be like, oh my, you know, that kind of stuff that is, is worth doing. And then, you know, just for families, you know, guys used to come watch the games and, their little sisters didn't exactly. want to watch or they you're, you know were bored but now you've got brothers and sisters yeah. kicking, kicking the ball together you're, while they're yeah. at the game and um you know girls come see me playing you know see me training at the oval and they're like oh yeah I can I can do that too so um yeah I think it's bigger than just you know those of us that are playing currently and um you know the future generations and what it will do for the sport in the long run I think it would be a bummer to see it Slide, right, right, and that's, that's right why now. I said at the beginning, you know, you you know, you are a pioneer. You know, you're you're a pioneer in terms of you know being from the U.S., but also this has only been around for four years. This this is gonna this is gonna take a decade, fifteen years from now, you know, before it gets established. You know, and again, there's you know, right now the get this the setup is that I believe there's the the last four clubs that don't have a, an AFLW team are coming into existence next year. Yeah. You know, Cause there's, you know, cause they have you know, 14 of the 18 right now and the other four are going to be, are coming in next year. Um, so you'll have, you'll have. I'm pretty sure not. Oh, 23. 20, I thought it was next year. Okay. I could be wrong. But I might be wrong on that. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. And especially after this, I, I, well, that's I, what I that's what I was wondering but, is if they were, they would, you know, if it was next year, if they would possibly look at pushing that back then, because, you know, you're not, you're, you're. Yeah. I think with the, the, <clears throat> the agreement we signed, I don't think it doesn't look like it would be possible to add another four okay. until 2023. Pushing it with four this year was already a lot. I think they're planning on waiting, but obviously I'm not you know, with everything that's going on right now, no one's, no one's really certain. So maybe they will decide sooner is better or, okay. or whatever. But as of, from what I know, it's probably yeah. not next well, year. Well, your coach sent me what I thought was a great story. And I didn't know if that's one that you would want to share. It kind of, it, you know, would kind of show. Oh, it's a, okay. it's a fantastic okay. story. Do, I love do this you story. Want, do you oh, want to tell it or do you no. want me to tell it? through what your coach wrote because you know this is this is you know this is going to confirm um, this is going to confirm for people just how wonderful your husband is oh that exactly Ryan's this is this is going to confirm ever. that yeah. um i can tell it from my point of view because I, okay. I have a few more details okay that make it even better so you know all that now, fun now stuff, before but... you before you start yes yeah, so is he sitting things... right next to you right now Okay. <laughs> no. 
Okay. Okay. No, he's not. He doesn't mind this story. I have other stories that he. Well, we definitely do not want to talk about those. No, no, we won't. But we can. This one. This one's a really good one. So you can intro (laughs) if you'd like. But um, yeah. So this story, my soccer coach was was definitely a part of. So um, Ryan and I had been dating for about a year and three months at this point, and had been. Before that, we were best friends through all of college, so you know we'd known each other a while. But um, this is our engagement story for those of you that are wondering. Um, so yeah, dating a year and three months. Um, we usually celebrate Valentine's Day late, just because Valentine's Day itself is you know busy and everyone's doing something that night and you know sneaks up on you. So we usually push it back. So it was beginning of March and. Um, you know, we had kind of late Valentine's Day plans. Um, we went to like a nice, um, restaurant. We got some steaks. We were all dressed up. Um, and then after that, we had planned to go watch, um, Frozen with some friends. But as we were driving to go watch Frozen, he like passed the place where we should have stopped. And I was like, what? He's like, oh, we're going to go like get dessert first. And I was like, well, I think the movie's starting now, but like, all right, cool. Um, so he keeps driving and he drives up to our college's soccer stadium. Um, and we get out and he unlocks the gate somehow and we go in to the soccer stadium and it had been snowing, but there was a tarp out and there was a mug of hot chocolate <laughs> and there was a cherry pie. So we like sit down. Um, and eat, you know, eat the cherry pie, drink the hot chocolate, um, you know, just start reminiscing about college and soccer and his track and everything. And then, um, we had this kind of tradition of like, um, slow dancing while we like discuss stuff sometimes. Like if we ever need to have like a, just a discussion about something, we like go, like slow dance so he's like hey let's go you know have this conversation that we need to have and I was like all right um so we get out there he pulls out his phone pulls out some headphones so we can like listen to music um and he you know we start listening and then when it comes on I start just bawling immediately because and we're out on the Uh center of the soccer field at this point and we're listening to the song and I just start bawling because the song is marry me by train (laughs) so I'm like Ah, like what is this? But it wasn't only "Marry Me by Train." This is this is Ryan for you. Like he loves music, so he actually recorded himself singing his own ukulele track and his own bass track, and so he actually recorded the song and him singing, and then he actually added our own like a verse, our own verse in the song, um, for it. So we were out in the middle of the soccer field and like. I hadn't noticed, but like during this whole thing, the lights were coming on because it was nighttime. So the lights of the soccer stadium were coming on. And what I didn't know is that my soccer coach like was kind of involved in it. So he had given Ryan like the, um, the combo to the lock to get into the stadium. And then he he had already unlocked it for him. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So anyways, he gave him the remote. Um, he did the remote lights so he was on at a park that was like overlooking the stadium Mm -hmm. with his daughter um and she just thought it was the cutest thing ever so anyways when we were out in the middle um ryan had like texted him and said okay we're gonna go now and 
obviously he could see it too. So he turned on the lights like <laughs> while we were slow dancing. And then, um, yeah, but Ryan also was amazing because I actually surprised him a day early for the weekend. So he hadn't finished putting together everything. So he had to like rush everything, but he still got it all together in time. And he had his friend that had set out the pie and the hot chocolate with a camera. So we got pictures of all of it, but yeah, he, uh, he did a pretty good, uh, good for him. Pretty good so proposal. yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. He's a pretty great husband. Yeah. So that's, that is, uh, yes, <laughs> that is very cool. Yeah. I tell people that are like, you know, in gate, like, close to getting engaged i'm like you don't want to no. know my husband's proposal yeah, I, story until after you propose because it'll put did, too much pressure on I, the guy i mentioned to, like, to you in the little you know. note that i sent to you this morning my my wife taught school at a preschool that was run by the white house and like three quarters of the kids that that were students there mm -hmm. their parents worked in the white house and i i proposed to her in front of all of her kids and all of their parents um so that went, uh, yeah, that was, uh, hmm. not, not quite, not quite as cool as, uh, what Ryan did, but, uh, wasn't bad. Um, my wife only played, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he also knew that he proposed to me in front of people. <laughs> I said, I'd tell him no, and he would have to do it again. So, um, so he knew that okay. that was probably not the way to go, but. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I've run through my whole list of questions here that I wanted to talk to you about. And I, I, uh, I can't thank you enough for uh for taking now about an hour and a half of your of your day to sit down and talk with me um i truly appreciate it i i don't know if you have any other things that you wanted to close out with and uh at all or no i mean i think we're good obviously you okay feel free yeah. to cut edit what you need to get it down to a reasonable length and what well, I, you know what I don't, out to you I don't is, usually cut a whole lot so. for that. I'll try. Um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled. And I, you know, I, like I said, I, I've read several interviews and I, I, you know, if nothing else, this, this helps to reinforce, hopefully there's some, some young kids that end up listening to, to, uh, to this that are in Australia that, that realize that there are, you know, great players like yourself that are, that are playing this to, you know, to, help to ensure that this goes forward for them and maybe it inspires people here in the states to actually get out and look at the usafl and participate as well um so I, like i said i think you're you're you're, you're doing yeah, a great service absolutely. on on two continents right now so you know I, I i truly appreciate you coming on um i'd like to i'd like to go ahead and, and thank my guest uh danny marshall for for taking time out of her day um you know, to sit down and talk with me. I, I like I said, I'm, I'm thrilled that we've had this opportunity and I hope you enjoyed it. Um, hopefully it wasn't, uh, too stressful. Hopefully it wasn't too stressful. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I try to. Yeah. Absolutely. Love, love to share the okay. story and That's talk it. about <laughs> footy. Say hi, Ryan. <laughs> Hello, Ryan. <laughs> so what's he? Yeah. So is he, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. American. Oh, yeah. Good. Yep. Uh, yeah. And actually, uh, that's why it's called a yank on the foot. Oh, and actually, uh, I don't know. Your, 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 your friend Frode is, a, is actually looking at the possibility of starting a podcast of his own. 
he he actually he went out and bought equipment just recently. He he sent yeah. me a picture because I told him I told him a few weeks ago. I said, you know, someday it's going to become inevitable that you and I end up having a podcast together, and we call it you know we call it fighting like cats and dogs because. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah! That, oh my gosh! That's so, so good. <laughs> so totally you know, good. yeah. The cat so we'll we'll see if that happens, but uh, yeah, um, he's been he's been a great you know he's been a great resource. He's been great to talk to on here, and like I said, I I truly appreciate you appreciate you taking uh, you know time out of your day. And I don't know if you can hear this, Ryan. You set the you set the bar very high on proposals for for your friends. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Dick wrote a letter to him and said that's his favorite yep, story. Of that me. was a great story. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I honestly cannot tell you how humbled I feel knowing that you are turning in to listen to my show. I cannot thank you enough. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you would consider sharing it with your friends. You can find links to the show in the show notes, or they can find it by putting a yank on the footy into their favorite search engine. Don't forget that while you can find all the episodes for this podcast at yankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find it, as I'd mentioned, on your favorite podcast provider. Now that you've listened, I'd hope you consider giving it a review on the podcast host that you're using, or leave a comment on the Podbean app. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. I'd love to get some show ideas from you, some possible guest ideas. Don't forget that you can reach me at ayankonthefooty at gmail.com and on Twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at ayankonthefooty. I'd also like to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of two of his great pieces of music. Mr. McDade creates some fantastic tunes, and I'm thrilled to be using the pieces Elevation and Winter's Mist. You can find him and his music at josephmcdade.com slash music. Again, Mr. McDade, thanks a bunch. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank Danny Marshall of the Western Bulldogs for being my guest for this episode. And don't forget that while many of us are fans of our teams, deep down we're fans of a game that we love, and that's the game of footy. And ladies and gentlemen, we're at a strange point in time in the recent history of mankind, and I hope that you and your family stay safe and that you're able to take the proper measures to protect yourself against this virus. Be tolerant of one another. Be kind to one another. Look out for each other. Call your loved ones. Again, ladies and gents, thanks so very much for listening, and I hope you consider sharing it with your friends. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode 19 of A Yank on the Footy. My guest for this episode was Danny Marshall of the AFLW's Western Bulldogs. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at ayankonthefooty at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook at ayankonthefooty. Again, thanks for listening and please consider sharing this show with your friends and family.